Hello there, Ringside Crew. Hello there, Ringside Crew. Hey, dudes at Ringside Crew. This is Davian. Hey, it's Jenny Santana. This is Alfie. This is the Savage Juggernaut, Tamaku. Ringside! Ring! This is Thomas D. Bruff. This is Billy Starks. Mr. Chad Epic. Megan Mason. Hey everybody, Scotland's on Brody Adler. The headline in charge, Marco Mania. This is your girl, Charisma. I'm a thing, Brendan Decker. This is according to Woods. Savannah Summers. I'm Shorty. Catherine is Where you are watching the internationally known. Dudes at Ringside Podcast, hosted by Metal Geek and Joe the Panther Jr. Hello there, wrestling fans. Welcome. To another episode of the internationally known Dudes Are Inside podcast. I'm your host, Joe, the Panther, the third, and now from the top of Metal Mountain, all the way down to all 50 states in the globe, is the happy heel himself, the Metal Geek. What's going on, Ringside Crew? What's going on, internationally known? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Joe? How's it going today? Good, good. Yeah, it's our second guest of Owner's Week, Geekins. Yeah, so. Excited to introduce our guest? Yeah. You want to introduce him? Or, uh... Sure. Let's give a warm dudes at ringside welcome to the voice and the owner of We Are Wrestling, Peter Rosado. Rosado. What's up, gentlemen? The internationally loaned dudes at ringside podcast. Joe, Metal Geek, a pleasure to join you tonight. I'm surprised you guys aren't laid out after having an earlier interview today. Yeah, yeah, we had to postpone the first girl because ah, yeah, we're scheduled. You know, it it happens. but it's happened. More than for this one. It she's yeah. a really good wrestler too. She's from London, England. You should look into her, Kiara. Kiara wrestler. Okay. Yeah. She, she, she comes to, if she ever comes to the states, you know. Well, oh she God. was trained by Lance Storm, so that's something right there. Listen, Landstorm has, has produced some really great students. Uh, big fan of Landstorm's work. Actually, one of our regular members of our commentary team, Sam Laterna, who was previously a wrestler before becoming a host and uh, interviewer and commentator, just all around me- wrestling media personality extraordinaire, uh, was originally trained at the Landstorm Academy as well. Um, and then came back to the States and then and, and worked for a little while before deciding to step away from wrestling and just start a whole secondary career in wrestling as a media personality extraordinaire. If you haven't checked her out, check out Wrestle T and Sam Laterna on social media. She's just absolutely fantastic. Okay. I, I think we might have talked to her before. Sounds familiar. I, yeah. Sounds familiar. Uh, so if... Our international fans are not familiar with you and what you do. Introduce yourself. Well, you know, I am, uh, first of all, I've been in the professional wrestling business for, uh, this will be my 10th year in the pro wrestling uh, business. I've kind of done just a little bit of everything. Um, started as a, a, a interviewer doing a pre-show, post-show interviews um, at shows eventually became a ring announcer and then uh, really fell into what is my true passion, uh, which is broadcasting and commentary. And I've been doing commentary for, I'd say, probably close to six, uh, six years um, of my entire 10 years in the wrestling business. And then just last year, started uh, my own company, 
uh, with the very distinct vision that I had for the way I wanted to produce uh, and create professional wrestling called We Are Wrestling. It is a completely inclusive and collaborative professional wrestling company. We love working with talents from all over the world, all over the United States. Uh, and our goal is to eventually do some crossover stuff with some other promotions, um, help get their talent into the Northeast Corridor um, and get their names known in this area of independent wrestling and also get the the wrestlers that are just here in this Northeast Corridor really killing it uh, weekend in and weekend out and get them out to other areas as well and help get them connections to other areas of the country. Um, and we just had our third show uh, Sunday, May 22nd. Uh, which you can watch on titlematchwrestling.com if you check us out in the Title Match Wrestling Network. All three of our shows from August of 2021, December of 2021, and May 22nd, 2022 are on the Title Match Wrestling Network. And you can catch all of the great action that we've done with We Are Wrestling uh, on, on Title Match Wrestling. Yeah, Jay Lethal was on that show, right? Yes, yes. Our last show, main event, uh, Jay Lethal versus uh, Rob Killjoy uh, of the of the Ugly Ducklings, the Ugly Duckling, Rob Killjoy, in what was an incredible freaking match, the biggest match of Rob Killjoy's 17-plus year career. Um, and he has just been an absolute ace, the ace of We Are Wrestling. Over our first three shows, he uh, fought Anthony Green, uh, fresh out of NXT on our debut show back in August of 2021, then was in an insane uh, four-way match in, in December, and then this big opportunity came along for him to face Jay Lethal, and, I mean, he took it on. It was the biggest match of his career. You could see that uh, from the moment he walked through that curtain uh, to the to the moment that bell rang at the end of the match that he knew it was the biggest match of his career and he attacked it as such, but uh, I'm not going to spoil who won or who lost that match, but check it out on the title match wrestling network. You can catch that main event as well as the other three, two matches that I just mentioned with Rob Killjoy on all of our content on title match wrestling network. I remember like back last year when you guys first got involved, first messaged us that we were about to have Billy Stark, versus becca that was the match. Yeah. i remember that and like yeah. we were really joking like whoever wins in the match can come on the podcast and it was like right before becca faced her and we were like we had her like what was it was it like a day before i think it was blooming yeah. kathleen versus becca or something like that no no it was becca versus billy billy stark yep. yep. that, that was it yeah it was a day yeah, yeah i don't know it was yeah, a day billy starks versus becca uh it was our debut show want to be starting something um, and that was, that was, a, it was an incredible opportunity to work with Becca, uh, especially before she went on her European tour. Uh, and now that she's back from injury, I would really love to have Becca back at We Are Wrestling. Um, she's an incredible talent, but you know, something has got to be said about just how incredibly awesome and talented Billy Starks is. Definitely. Like Definitely. this, this woman this young lady, and I don't want to lessen her by calling her a young lady, but people got to remember, she is still barely finishing high school. Yep. Yeah. Right? This girl is in high school, and she goes and she's killing it academically, right? 
doing what she needs to do, high-flying academically, and then goes out there and is one of the best independent wrestlers on the scene today, man, woman, non-binary, non-gender conforming, does not matter. Um, She's just one of the best independent wrestlers out there. And to think she's not even yet She's not even yet reached anywhere near her peak. Yeah. She's amazing. Like she's I've amazing. Seen she's her, amazing. Like, stuff popping up, right? Geek things she's... pop up on her on Instagram that I'm like, girl, you you, you got it. Something. Yeah. Something she, she, she wrestled Saj. Was what's her name? Saja. Saja at um yeah. in Texas, I think it was during WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, and just like Un- Billy, unbelievable. Billy Starks is in an incredible, uh, an incredible wrestler. First of all, an incredible wrestler. She's an incredible human being. Definitely. The sweetest person you oh, will gosh. meet at a show. She is so loving to all of her fans, so loving to all of her supporters. Um, and she has, honestly, one of the biggest smiles and biggest enthusiasms when it comes to wrestling. She's just so happy to be out there to get, you know, to, to be able to wrestle, uh, to be able to get the opportunities she gets. And I'm going to tell you right now, Billy Starks, if, if that young lady isn't traveling the world, isn't signed to a contract by a major television wrestling company within the next five years, somebody's missed the boat Definitely. on her. Because oh. she, this is a young lady who I think um, can go to Japan and absolutely dominate in Japan, can travel the world as many of the uh, uh, independent wrestlers do and absolutely kill it around the world. But I honestly think this is a young lady who, whether it's WWE, whether it's AEW, MLW, Impact Wrestling, I don't care. This young woman needs to be on somebody's television when she is done with her studies, when she's done doing what she needs to do in school. Um, the next thing after signing her diploma, the next thing she should be signing should be a contract for a television wrestling company somewhere. Definitely. I personally think she would go to Impact. Impact or 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 if am I wrong? I could see her going to Oh, actually Joe, I actually 100% agree with you cuz Impact's doing really really good Impact, stuff. Or I see her going to NWA. Cuz NWA would be great. Um I think Impact has Impact is one of the great. I think listen, I am not going to sit here and, and, and compare women's divisions, but Impact, I think Impact AEW and WWE, both NXT 2.0 and the main roster, give an incredible talent in the women's division in all three companies. Like, there's mm-hmm. just, you know, no doubt about that. Um, you know, I, I could see a Billy Starks flourishing in an NXT 2.0 and being someone that they could really invest in. Um, I can definitely see her flourishing in an impact in an impact wrestling um, and, and the, the women's roster that she's going to be able to get in there with. She's been in there with a, a lot of those women before on the independence, uh, which I think is going to be interesting uh, seeing that on a bigger stage. Um, but, you know, to me, I don't, I don't think it matters where she goes. She's a star definitely. wherever she goes. Yep. Definitely. 
can't say enough good things about Billy Stockton. Such like, a nice person uh, as well. Smile. That smile lights up a freaking room. Like, yeah, and that's and that's also not to to all that waxing poetic about Billy Starks. Let me not forget to wax poetic about Becca, who I think is absolutely a a untapped gem in the Northeast. Um, still a lot of a lot of territory that she has yet to take over. Um, you know, and we have seen especially in that area of the Northeast where Beck is at. Davian, Delmi Exo, Ashley Vox, uh, Ava Everett. Um, the list goes on and on. Just the women that have come out of that area. Looming Castle. And have, LMK, uh, absolutely fantastic. You know, there are so many great women that have come out of that area. And I think Becca's just another name on that burgeoning list of great female talent coming out of that area. And, you know, I think the injury slowed her down a little bit, but she's one of those, she's one of those talents that she's going to pick up right where she left off and be better than ever. Yeah. Especially yeah. her turning heel was even, even more, even more. Caught awesome. me off guard. I looked at Instagram and going, wait, what just happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. So, like, what am I? Geek, you you have a question? Sorry. I, yeah, I, I was just gonna ask him how how did you Pete? How did you get started in the wrestling business? Um. Well, I'd always I'd always been a wrestling fan my whole life. Um, growing up, and um, so when I went to when I went to college, my initial plan when I went to college was to pursue sports broadcasting. I'd always wanted to like kind of work for ESPN, do baseball, football, basketball, broadcasting and commentary. Um, and uh, that just ended up not being in the cards for me at the time. Um, ended up becoming, getting a degree in, uh, in education and a degree in psychology um, and, and went into the education field. I'm actually a, a, a middle school teacher. Um, but I never lost the passion for doing commentary and doing broadcasting, especially with a sports presentation. So for me, um, I initially said, well, you know what, let me go train to be a wrestler. Uh, and I went to an open house, uh, for the company that is now create a pro wrestling or wrestle pro in New Jersey, uh, who was also aligned with create a pro in Long Island. Uh, and this is before they became WrestlePro. They were still a company called PWS or aligned with a company called PWS Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Um, Pat Buck and that team still ran the school and PWS just put on the shows. And this was right before Pat Buck decided to split from PWS. It was the last open house under the Pro Wrestling Syndicate banner. And I just realized, you know... As much as I love being in the ring and I was still athletically able to do it, I just did not have the time commitment to be able to make it to training three times a week and do all of that. As much as I wanted to, I just, I didn't have the the ability to do it. Um, and so I said, okay, how can I get involved in the pro wrestling business without becoming a pro wrestler? And, um, you know, I, I got contacted by a friend of mine who ran a wrestling website, and he was like, hey, there's this independent wrestling show happening in New Jersey. Um, could you go and 
could you do a couple of interviews for us? Because the guy who we usually said, he's not going to be able to go. And that's where it all started. I mean, I went to that show and I, and I did the interviews and I kept going back to the shows. And, uh, you know, from there it was like, okay, I, I want to do, I want to do commentary. I can do that. I want to be a manager. I, I can do that. I, I know I can do those things. Um, and I kind of told that story a little backwards because that's what led me to then kind of going and looking for a wrestling school. Cause that's what people told me. It was just like, well, if you want to get in, go to a wrestling school, you know, there, that's the way to do it. Um, and so that's what I did. And that's how I found that open house. And then it was just like at the time, and there's still nowadays very limited opportunities. Uh, there's a lot of schools that don't necessarily teach people how to become a commentator, how to do the other stuff. Managers. Yeah. But usually for the most part, the managers are people who trained as wrestlers and then just decided they're going to be a manager instead, or were better suited to be a manager. And again, I, I just didn't have the time to train as a wrestler. I just did not. I mean, at the time I was in graduate school, I had a full-time job as a teacher. And so it was a matter of, do I sacrifice my career, which is paying for graduate school to go and pursue this dream? Or do I find another way to do it? And that's what happened. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of meeting people and getting opportunities, um, and going to different shows and just kind of paying my dues, helping set up the ring, helping break down the ring, helping set up chairs, helping, you know, go get water for the wrestlers after their matches and doing this and doing that. Um, sitting front row with a, you know, Nokia digital camera and trying to take pictures from the front row and then asking the promoter, hey, are these pictures good enough? where you can let me ringside um, and just really making connections. And uh, eventually that led to me getting a job as a, an opportunity as a ring announcer and then an opportunity as a commentator. And once I got behind a microphone, people just realized they were like, this guy's good. This guy's got it. And I started getting a lot of commentary bookings and a lot of commentary opportunities Um and that's, I just took those and, you know, it was, it was, I don't want to say a lot because I don't want to, you know, act like I was like everywhere because I wasn't. Um, there were a couple of different companies that said, Hey, are you available? Can you do this? Can you do that? And there were a couple of wrestlers that I had known who put in a good word for me to go work for a couple of companies. Um, and that's how I kind of got the jobs that I did. I did commentary at five borough wrestling in Brooklyn, New York for about two, three years. Um, all the way up to their final show. Um, I did commentary for Brie Combination Wrestling from their first show all the way up to right before their fourth anniversary uh, in 2020. Um, And so a lot of it was just getting those opportunities and making the best of it Um, and then just building my brand from there. Um, You know, unfortunately, I never really had the opportunity to do as much as some, some people. Um, there are some great people out there who have been able to really take the bull by the horns. Um, but just the nature of my full-time career um, led to, you know, Hey, I can't always do a Friday night. Um, depending on where 
the company was. I could, I could always do a Saturday, may not always be able to do a Sunday. And so because of that, things were a little few and far between for a lot of times. Um, and so even now, like I, I just love doing commentary tomorrow. Thankfully, I'm so glad I've, I'm working with, uh, I work, I've been working with Invictus pro wrestling, uh, <clears throat> doing commentary for them. And tomorrow I will be going to Connecticut, Torrington, Connecticut to represent Invictus, uh, in their joint show with test of strength wrestling out in Connecticut, I'm doing a joint show called United we fight. And I will be doing commentary alongside uh, one of the commentators from Test of Strength Wrestling. So it's it's a really awesome thing. And then a couple of days ago, uh, which I'll reveal uh, exclusively here on the uh, Dudes at Ringside podcast, I will be making my commentary debut for the Stan Styles Intergender Bonanza. Wow. I think That's I know amazing. Who's we're actually having him on the. We're actually having him on the podcast. Stan style. At Stan, right? Stan. Yes, and so um, I, I reached out to Stan and like, hey, actually, a couple uh, about a year ago. Breaking um, news. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think about like it's agenda bonanza. I think like six or seven. I think it was six. I reached out to him for the first time. Like, hey, brother, I'd really love to get an opportunity with you. Here's my stuff. Um, let me know what you think. If you need somebody, I'd love to. And me and Stan have worked together before. Um, and at the time, he didn't have anything. And I was like, fully understand. Let me know. And then I think around number seven, there might have been an opportunity for me. But I was already booked mm. at another company on that same day. And I had to kind of like turn that one down. And then Intergender Bonanza 8 just happened. And I, I couldn't do that one. But we were like, I really wanted to make it happen. And um, July 9th, July 9th, I will be making my commentary debut for Stan Styles Intergender Bonanza. And I cannot wait. That is going to be. How am I going to say hi? He's coming on the 20th, actually. Yeah. yeah. Give him a, give him a, tell him we're good. <laughs> Send some good news. Tell him we're good. <laughs> yeah, no, Definitely. Yeah, we might talk about random things like pizza and uh, burgers. We love, actually, here we go. We didn't. Well, I didn't think about asking. So, what kind of food do you like when you're like craving something? Like, what is your good your go to like food? Oh man! So, as a as a as a Latino, oh yeah, uh, as a as a Puerto Rican man, um, if it's finger food and it's quick and I can get my hands on a good empanada, you know, I I am there. Um, I'm I'm a big burger guy. I'm a big meat and potatoes guy. I'm a big red meat guy. You put me in front of a grill. You put me in front of a steak. You put me in front of a good burger, uh, and I'm gonna devour my way around that. So yeah, but um, especially like street food. If I can get my hands on a good empanada, you know, una empanada, un patelillo. Oh yeah, you know, I I am a happy man. Did we just become best friends? Because I'm Puerto Rican. I'm half Puerto Rican. So. I love burgers. There you go. He mentioned burgers. There you go. There we go. Right. Yeah. We got to turn geek into having an empanada. I think. I, think I don't apologize. I, I I completely didn't even realize I did the numbers wrong. This is Intergender Bonanza thirteen, not wow. number ten. It was actually at ten. It was at ten that I had first reached out to. That's why I had that ten in my head. I was number ten that I had first reached out to Stan about possibly being a part of it, uh, and then we couldn't make it happen for ten, eleven, or twelve. But finally, lucky number 13. Yeah. 
we try to get Stan. We try to get Stan on the podcast in December. Stuff didn't work out, but he's coming back. And it was funny. Billy sent us a clip that I think Stan laughed when we sent it when we posted it. It's when she turned heel. He turned heel, and he hit Billy Stark with the. I'm going to ask him about that on the 20th. If he remembers that, like he hit Billy Stark with the whipped cream. Like, ah, yes. Was that at your show, or was that like something? No, else? no, that was that was I was at his. Yeah, he hit her with the yeah. whipped cream like freezer, and our geeks like, did Don't he you. just hit her with a freezer? <laughs> yeah. And listen, listen, a bash at the bonanza. You know, the Intergender Bonanza number thirteen is is an absolutely stacked show. I mean, you got Gabby Ortiz, you got Brittany Blake, Too Hot Steve Scott, uh, the Colossal One, Mike Law, Christina Marie, Zoe Sky. The young prodigy Marcus Mathers, obviously staying on the show, a whole bunch of other people. But the match that I'm really looking forward to, and I cannot believe I'm actually going to call commentary for this match: Matt Tremont versus Mister Ulala. I am in love with this match, mm. and the fact that I am going to be behind the mic and behind the headset for that. I, I, I <laughs> that one right there. Makes it all worth it for me, man. They're they're really taking intergender wrestling, to like, and to, we to the match ringside, right, geek? We 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 support intergender wrestling like one hundred percent. That's like one of our favorite questions we ask the wrestlers when they come out, right, geek? Because mm-hmm. because it's always now you can actually physically get that dream match that you physically want. You know what I mean? Let's say because we, we just we just had I think two two intergender matches on our last show. Show previous to that, I think we had one or two. Um, and then uh, the main event of our very first show was probably what was definitely an intergender dream match of mine. Uh, the main event of our first show, Trisha Dora versus Darius Carter, yeah, uh, which was an absolute banger of a match. You got to go check that out at title match network. Uh, dot com uh, from want to be starting something Trisha Dora versus Darius Carter for the Pan African World Diaspora Championship, um, and then at this previous show, just right back on May twenty second, we had two incredible intergender matches when the Kick Demon Janai Kai faced off against the Concrete Dragon Tristan Ty, who many people might remember as a Kuro Kwan on MLW television um and then also another big main event level match when trisha dora once again returned to we are wrestling and faced off against the big the bad kaiju O'Shea edwards in a match that everybody was just on the edge of their seats for from beginning to end that sounds amazing you know? so what is it like to like like the everyday running of like a like an indie promotion these days, is it like is it a rough go? Like to be like, don't do it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, don't, don't. If you, if you, if you, if you value your heart rate, your cholesterol level, your mental health, uh, your 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 financial health. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's it's tough, man. It really is because. There's so many factors. I mean, obviously financially, and, and, and a lot of people don't talk about this, but you know, the average fan doesn't necessarily realize the financial commitment that running a professional 
indie company or a professional wrestling show takes. Um, you know, you get a lot of, oh, I want to see this person versus that person. Well, that person lives in California and that person requires a flight to New York and that's like $7,000 plus I have to pay this person to wrestle. And the other person that you want lives in London, England, and I got to pay a transatlantic flight to come over and then pay them to wrestle and then pay a transatlantic flight to go back. And, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people forget Vince McMahon is a billionaire. Tony Khan has access to millions and millions of dollars. MLW, NWA, Impact Wrestling, they are all very large corporations that have large financial backing. They are able to do what they are able to do because of the financial backing that they have. Many of our independent wrestling companies are bootstrapped. They are literally bootstrapped by one, two, or a team of people that are trying to produce uh, what they believe to be the best product that they have in their head. And it's the creativity of whoever's booking the professional wrestling product and saying, hey, I think this match would be great. I think this match would be fantastic. Um, You know, many companies are attached to a professional wrestling school, which can help fund the promotion. Um, Many professional wrestling companies are sometimes funded by other entities that help to, again, fund the promotion. In, in, In my case, with We Are Wrestling, it is truly a grassroots bootstrapped movement. Um, it is coming out of my personal finances and none of it would be possible without the help that we get from all of our sponsors. Um, I honestly can tell you, I would not have been able to put on three shows in the time that we've done them without the overwhelming support that we've gotten from our sponsors, whether that's, the Jabba Cheers podcast, whether that's Henny Wrestling, uh, Mesa Media, um, you know, Over the Top Ropes podcast, uh, the Cut Pro Wrestling podcast, um, the Your Sports Show, which I am also a part of that podcast every week, and, and they support us as well. And the list goes on and on and on of the sponsors, and I'm not just going to like sit here and ramble on about all of our sponsors. And people like y'all. Dudes at Ringside Podcast who said, hey, you know what? We can't financially be a sponsor for the show, but we're going to help promote your show. We're going to put your stuff out there Mm -hmm. for our people to see it. So maybe we can get some people to go and some other places that, hey, financially they can't be a sponsor. But putting the word out there, getting that advertisement out there, that that word of mouth is so helpful as well. And, you know we wouldn't be able to do it without all the people that help us out. Everybody from, you know, sound to production. So we've gotten some great work out of uh, Joaquin Morales, the owner of battle club pro who helps us out with some stuff backstage uh, from Ray's lighting, who does incredible lighting work to uh, Trinovis productions, who does our production work and our video work um, down to um, the, the Knights of Columbus at Ridgefield park. And Every single piece of what we do is integral to the growth of the product. Um, and you just got to remember, like, don't get me wrong. 
I've sat down with my notebook and thought about a wrestling card and like, oh my God, this would be fantastic. And then I sit there and I cost it out and I'm like, okay, well, uh, just to pay all the wrestlers, that's going to be about $10,000. And then to do everything else, that's another couple thousand dollars. And all right, so the whole show is going to cost $15,000. Um, I'm selling tickets at $20 a head. I've got to make, I've got to sell a thousand tickets just to make some money back. Mm. Right. Uh, which it's unrealistic. Um, so a lot of it is about utilizing the star power of the people that are out there on the independent scene that are really killing it. Like the Trisha Doras, like the Darius Carters, like the Jay Lethal who has that 20 year name and is able to still take independent bookings like an Anthony green coming out of NXT and coming back to the independence, you know, utilizing the star power of the people that have that to get the people to say, Oh my God, look at that. But then leveraging that in such a way to take the younger talent, the unknown talent, the talent that, doesn't have the household name yet. And I say yet, like a Billy Starks, yeah. like a Becca, like a Rob Kiljoy, like a Saeed Al-Sabah, like a Chris Barton, a Dominic De Niro, a Yaya, a Janai Kaya, Tristan. The list goes on and on of all of these people who I just want people to see. Because, man, watching them, you're going to want to see them all the time. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw a Billy Starks match, Billy Starks wrestle, and I said, that girl's good. I need to see more of her. And that's what it's about. It's about getting a guy like Joe Panther who's never seen someone like a Chris Barton mm. to walk into the building because, oh, my God, they've got Billy Starks on their show, and I want to go see Billy Starks. But then he goes and sees Chris Barton wrestle or go see Saeed Al-Sabah or Big Game Leroy or Darius Carter. And he's just like, yo, I came for Billy Starks. But oh my God, did you see them? I want to see more of them. Whether it means I'm coming to more We Are Wrestling shows to see them or I'm going to go to my local wrestling promotion and say, yo, you've got to look at these people. And bring them here so I can see more of them. That is, is what it's all about for me. You know, for other people, it's about other things. That's what it's about for me. Totally. If I can get one wrestler that's in this Northeast corridor to get known outside, if I can get one wrestler who's never wrestled in the Northeast or maybe wrestles here sparingly to get known out here, that's what it's about for me. Yeah, that's that kind of reminds me of a story right now. Like me and Joe, uh, well, I purchased tickets for a, a show where Joe I had no idea who was on the card. Maybe knew one person. We were hooked. We, I looked. Uh, at the, Geek Geek always laughed. I, he gave me the name. I looked it up. They they didn't even have a, a proper website yet. I was like that in indie indies wrestling twenty years. Was it 23 years now, Geek? We've yeah. been like supporters of the indies. I was the indie snob. I have my pinky up going, they don't even. I like William Regal, but old school William Regal. 
you don't even have a proper website. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> like, but, but after the show was over, we went. We were both went. freaking out in the car before you even started the car. Dude, did you see that person? We didn't even know half this part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I want people to do that more often. Like, just go to an indie show that you don't know anybody on. Because I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be shocked by somebody. You're going to want to see more of somebody. Um, it's actually how I met a lot of the talent that I know from the Southeast. Um, my dad lives in North Carolina. I lived in North Carolina for 20, 20, 20 years now. Um, and I went down North Carolina and I was always like, man, I wonder if there's any wrestling out here. I mean, it's the Carolina. It's the home of the old NWA territory. There's gotta be wrestling out here. Um, and I found a couple of companies. And I went to the first wrestling show I went to in North Carolina was for a company called CWF Mid Atlantic, which was an old NWA affiliated territory. And the two biggest names on that card in terms of name value that I knew were Andrew Everett and the man we now know as Cameron Grimes, there then then known as Trevor Lee. Mm-hmm. And those were the only two people I knew on the card. And I went to the show, took my little cousin who lived in North Carolina and had a freaking ball. Um, Then I went to a show. Then I got to know some talent that I worked with here in the Northeast that were from down there, including Rob Killjoy, whose shirt I'm wearing. Um, And they said, hey, man, you got to come out to this show in Charlotte. PWX, Premier Wrestling Experience. I went out there. They were having a joint show with Fest Wrestling from Florida. And the only person that I knew on the show in terms of name value, again, was Jason Cade, who at the time was wrestling for MLW. Other than that, there wasn't really any kind of name value. I look back at that show now. A man who I didn't know was on the show Uh, but was on the show, was Ring of Honor original Slim J. Oh, wow. A man who is now in AEW in J.D. Drake. A man who is now in AEW as Serpentico. Um, A man who was in Impact Wrestling for a little while in in John Schuyler. Mm. Saeed Al-Sabah who I work with now on a very regular basis and has been a part of many things. A man who's now in the NWA, Darius Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Right. And the list goes on and on of people that you now see. A man who you now see is probably one of the king, kings of the independent wrestling scene. Effie. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've been yeah. trying to get him for a long time. <laughs> a busy guy. Now again, I look back at that show now, and that show was maybe, what, three years ago? And at the time, the only person who had any television or name recognition on a national level was Jason Cade. You look at that show now, and you're like, oh, my God. These, half, that, half that roster for that show is signed somewhere. You know? I went, then went to AML Wrestling. 
company that runs AML and also runs WrestleCade every year. Incredible. And the, the people that you get exposed to on these shows. And I, and I apologize because there's two people I should have mentioned that were on that PWX uh, show alongside with Fest Wrestling. A woman who I absolutely love and adore and I've worked with on multiple occasions and is currently can be seen on Impact Wrestling, Savannah Evans. Mm. And another woman that I absolutely love and adore and look up to and literally would listen to every word she had to say as if it was a sermon, because it is. She always teaches me something whenever she speaks, is a woman who was previously on AEW and is currently the Battle Club Pro Icons champion in Big Swole. Wow. Mm. Right? Um, again, when you look at the... I, I, I proposition anyone. Go to an indie show that doesn't have anybody that you know nationally. Go to an independent wrestling show that's local and just lose the preconceived notions and just watch it. Because how many people knew who John Moxley was when he was wrestling the beginning of his career at CZW? Not much. How many people knew who Tyler Black was when he was wrestling in Iowa and all these different places before he got onto <laughs> Ring of Honor television? Right before he gets into Ring of Honor, you know, do you know who this guy is? You know, and, and that's the biggest thing. There are so many stars that are known in their bubbles. And I'll give you two examples. And they're two gentlemen that I worked with on my last two shows. Mysterious Q and Brian Keith. Brian Keith. Two of the most decorated wrestlers in the state of Texas. Two of the best wrestlers out of the state of Texas. And two men who you could consider modern day pillars of Texas wrestling. Mm. If you mention Brian Keith or Mysterious Q in Texas, they are revered like gods. Wow. They are revered as the stars of Texas. Wow, that's big. And if you're an independent wrestling fan, like if you're a fan that watches everything, you might know who Mysterious Q is. You might know who Brian Keith is. But the average casual independent wrestling fan who only goes to the independent wrestling shows in their area, and you live in New Jersey or New York or Pennsylvania or Delaware or you know Rhode Island or whatever, you may not know who Brian Keith is. Mm. You may not know who Mysterious Q is. And I'm talking about before IWTV became a thing. Now, with the advent of IWTV and title match and fight and all these streaming services, like everybody can know everybody. Yeah. But even then, you're going to meet people who may not have never heard of these people. And I worked with Brian Keith and brought him up to the Northeast for the first time ever to wrestle Darius Carter at It Was All a Dream in December. And I brought up Mysterious Q this past May 22nd to wrestle Darius Carter at um, at our last show. And at One Step Closer. And I can guarantee you, you may not have known who these people were when you walked in the door, but you're going to know who they were when you walked out the door. 
And that's what matters. I remember the first time I brought the tag team of the Ugly Ducklings to New York. The biggest national exposure they had had at that time was being a part of the total deletion I remember that. thing that happened at TNA. Remember that. Remember watching And that. it's because the total deletion happened at the Hardy Compound in Cameron, North Carolina. And the Ugly Ducklings are a really, really big deal in the Carolinas in the South. They're very well known out there. But if you were from Chicago or Cleveland or New York or Philadelphia, whatever, you may not know who they were. And when the first time I brought them up to New York to wrestle, when they came out, yeah, you heard some polite applause, people clapping for them because they're energetic and they're lively and they know how to work the crowd up. But people didn't know who they were. When the match ended and the bell rang and they were walking back through the curtain, that entire crowd was chanting, please come back. And actually, they were chanting, they were actually chanting, please come quack because they're the ugly ducklings. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Please, it was, please come quack, please come quack. And since that day, I have worked with the Ugly Ducklings nonstop. And I have worked with Rob Kilman. Lance Lude, Rob Kiljoy's tag team partner, um, suffered a unfortunate cancer diagnosis and had mm. to take some time away from wrestling. Um, and I know Lance is working on coming back. Even when Lance had to step away, I told Rob, I said, you're still my guys. And I'm, I'm still going to use you. I'm still bringing you up. And I've been bringing Rob up as a singles wrestler Ever since I started We Are Wrestling, I know he's gotten some single wrestling opportunities at Battle Club Pro and some other places. And I was so overjoyed this past show at One Step Closer. For the first time in almost two years, Lance, Lance came up with, with, uh, with Rob Kiljoy. And I gave that man the biggest hug in the world. And I was like, man, I can't wait for you to come back. But even if you don't, I'm just so happy to see you, man. Uh, but since that first day that I first ever used them, when I was at my previous company, I was just like, I will never not use these guys unless they're retired from wrestling. Mm. That's amazing, that story. Yeah. Oh, you know who you also forgot from the Boston area geek? What's his name that you always like talk uh, about? No, he, no he's he booked him before. Alec Price. Alex Price. Oh, oh yeah. Alec Price. So funny story <laughs> about Alec Price. Great kid. Love the kid. He's oh, awesome, gosh. by the way. He's on a podcast, so. I... I wanted to book Alec Price on my first show, want to be starting something. I had an idea in mind. I wanted to book Alec Price, and we couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Uh, so I wanted to book him for my second show, but the match that I wanted to get couldn't happen, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to devalue Alec Price and, and, and give him a lesser opportunity. I, if I'm going to bring him in, I want to, I wanted to, and that's one of my philosophies. If I'm bringing somebody in, I want it to make sense and I want it to work. I don't like bringing people in just for the sake of saying, I had this person on my show. I had this person on my show. I'm going to bring you in. It's going to make sense. And so when I was planning one step closer, I was like, man, I've been wanting to use Alec for almost a year. And I've seen him at other companies, VXS, uh, ETU, 
uh, here in the New York, New Jersey area. And I've been able to work with him at those shows and kind of, you know, work in concert with him. But in terms of me having him on my show, it just, it, it, it wasn't something that was working. I was like, I have to make sure this happens. And I got him on finally. And he was in one of the most insane four-way matches on paper and in reality that you could have put together. It was Alec Price versus the big Bufa Desmond Cole That's versus awesome. Gabe Sky and Saeed Al-Sabah. Mm. And I was just like, I remember sitting down that morning, the morning of the show, just like, how are we going to keep track of this on commentary? Because <laughs> all four of these individuals individually are nuts. Yeah. You put all four of them in the same ring and say, have fun. You were just asking for insanity. And it was just that. Desmond Cole wrestles around by, by me, by BPW. He's an amazing, amazing athlete. He's going to get signed somewhere very soon. Oh yeah. Desmond Cole. Um, when I put together that four-way, I said, this is the future of wrestling right here. All four of these individuals. Yep. Dave, Gabe Sky, Des Cole, Alec Price, and, and Saeed Al-Sabah. Um, and it, it should not be... Here's what I say about all four of those men. As much as I want to have them on my shows, I want booking them to be the hardest thing in the world. And why do I say that? Because they should be everywhere. Yes. They should not have a free day on their ca- I mean, don't get me wrong. Have a free day. Enjoy your mental health. Go rest. Go relax. Go do what you need to do. But what I mean is these these those four guys, as long as well as a whole bunch of other people that I've worked with, it's like when I hit you up and I say, Hey, are you available on this day? Deep down inside in my heart, while I want you to be available because I want you on my show. I want you to say, nah, I've got this show on this day and that show on this day. I've got like one free day on my calendar. That's what I want for some of these people because it's just like, you deserve it. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. Like what you said before, I would totally love to see Davian versus uh, Alex Price in a false count. Davian? I, yeah, of course, yeah. didn't that happen before? Didn't it? I don't, I don't what, know, what, but I would what, love what, to what see do you, What do you have against yeah. Alec Price? Why do you want to kill that kid? I love Alec. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave Yen is just Dave Yen's incredible, and she's a good person. She's really cool. She's really you don't want to. Yeah, her her thing with her intro is hilarious. She like did the money thing. Oh my god, that's so funny. Dave Yen, you know, I really love how she has just grown into her character, what she wants to be. You know, because I always it's always very interesting when when wrestlers are trying to really solidify who and what they are, right? So I'll give you a little story uh, using Davian to kind of segue. Um, AEW star Max Caster, yeah, absolutely love him, love that man. Came out of Cap in New Jersey, Creative Pro out in New Jersey, uh, who is just, and they have just produced a plethora of incredible talent out of that school. Um, but when Max Caster was first getting out there, 
he had this gimmick. I'm not going to call it its name. I'm not going to go out there and, and, you know, but he had a gimmick that his character was, it was hard to really understand. It was hard to perform. And from a booker's point of view, when you're trying to figure out how does this work, it was very hard to figure out where it worked and who it worked against. And it made it, for me, heartbreakingly difficult to find spaces for Max Caster, as talented of an athlete and a wrestler as he was. Mm. And Max eventually grew out of that character and started developing the beginnings of what we now see on AEW television as Platinum Max, as Platinum Max. And he became part of a team called the Shook Crew. Definitely. The goatiest of all time, Bobby Orlando. Awesome. Bryce Donovan. Awesome. And Max Cast, Platinum Max. And you started to see the beginnings of this character, this, 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 this freestyling, rapping character. And at first you're like, huh, okay. Max took that bull by the horns. And he just, he just realized he found his niche. He found what worked for him. And with some, a lot of wrestlers, it's that journey to finding what clicks, what works. Max had to do it. Everybody's had to do it. Some people, the first gimmick they do, the first thing they find, it works. They just know it. MJF. MJF has been MJF since MJF started wrestling. Yep. What do you think about that? What happened with him on the mic? What do you think about that? I think Tony Khan and him are going to have some very serious conversations. Harry, this, this, this is why my segue into that whole situation. You finish with your question, your uh, what, how you feel about that, and I'll ask you. Like, yeah, you go, you go into that. Figure. You know, some people it just it just works. They know what their character is. They know what it needs to be, and they make, and they and they get it out there, and they just run with it, right? Um, and then there are other wrestlers who they kind of go through their progression, and they grow, and they grow, and they grow, and they find the thing that works for them, and it just it, it takes off. And for guys like Platinum Max, for women like Davian. You know, who work part of what I love about them as performers is having pushed through that progression, is fighting through the that's not working and that's not really clicking the way I want it to click. And that's that's not really what I want it to be. And that tweaking, that constant refining of who they are and who they want to be. And it is so absolutely heartwarming. To see them find what works. And for Davian, it's still on the independence, but Davian deserves to be on someone's television as well. Definitely. Max is in AEW. Anthony Bowens, you know, was not, when I first met Anthony Bowens, what Anthony Bowens is doing now on television isn't the character that I met Anthony Bowens, what he was doing. And it wasn't the Anthony Bowens that I saw killing it on the indies, but Anthony Bowens found something new. 
and he found this new this new side to his his character, this new side to his personality, and that's what's working. And it's so great to see people like that find what works for them in their journey. And I don't just want to talk, want to talk about people on the indies or AEW. Like Joe Gacy yeah. in NXT, I have seen Joe Gacy wrestle for a long time in CZW and NYWC for Brie Combination Wrestling. For him to go to NXT 2.0 and find something that's so him and it just fits like a glove and it works. That is the greatest thing to see about independent wrestling. When you see somebody starting out in the beginning and you see them, whether it's the, the pillar of independent wrestling, whether they're just one of the biggest stars in indie wrestling, whether they're the, the Mercedes Martinez's or the Lufistos or, you know, the, um, you know, the Shane Taylor's who just are killing it as the tip, tip top of the independent wrestling scene for the longest time, or whether they're on television to see them finally find what works that's that's literally what makes this all so worth it. Uh, Jody, your question, though. Yeah. I will just say, this is not the first time I've heard MJF go off on somebody. Mm. Um, MJF, for as long as I've known him um, and interacted with him, he is a talented young man who knows exactly how talented he is, knows exactly what he brings to the table, knows exactly the kind of star he wants to be and can be, and will do whatever it takes to be the very top. He will never be satisfied until he is at the very top. And I don't know what's going on at AEW. I don't know what's going on between MJF and Tony. But all I can say is Max has legitimate points. Mm. I honestly believe MJF is the found, a, found, a foundational piece for AEW and could be a generational star for AEW. And if not for AEW, he will be a star somewhere else. Whether that's for Vince, whether that's for Impact, whether that's for... Wherever MJF goes, he's going to be a star. End of story. Point blank, period. And if Tony Khan really is serious about making sure that it's not just about bringing in people who used to be in the WWE and not just about bringing in people that have name value in other places, but it is truly about building around stars that he cultivated and he brought into AEW that were not anywhere else. He would be very, very wise to hand contracts that lock in and considerably pay people like Jungle Boy, People like Wardlow, people like MJF, Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, like people 
who are there. These people and Chris Statlander, like I can go on and on, but these people, Darby, yeah, Darby. There's so many stars that like people. If they don't sign these people, there's problems. And 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 MJF is one of those guys. MJF could very easily be for AEW what people like Ric Flair were to the NWA, what Dusty Rhodes was to the NWA, what Sting was, what to WCW, what Hogan and Cena and Orton and and and, and Roman have been for the WWE, The Rock and Austin have been for WWE. MJF has the ability, the God-given and cultivated ability to be just as big of a star and a needle mover as those people were for their respective companies. And Tony Khan should lock that down and literally build a fortress around the type of money that MJF can print. Mm. Is, can, is he going to be difficult to deal with sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Is he going to rub you the wrong way sometimes? Yeah. But guess what? It's going to print you money. The amount of money you're going to be printing because of him, because of Jungle Boy, because of Statlander and Darby and Britt and Thunder, and the list goes on and on, is what's going Nick to build Wayne, Nick Wayne, don't the forget. Don't forget. Oh, Nick listen. Wayne. When Nick Wayne gets to <laughs> AEW, everybody should. I am waiting to see Nick Wayne versus Dante Martin on AEW television. That's another one. Dante Martin should be locked down. Yeah, is, is another one that should be locked down. Yeah, you know who's somebody who doesn't get a lot of coverage in AEW, but I honestly think could be a very, very, very great piece for them in the future. Ten. Ten. Ten of the Dark Order. Preston Vance. Yeah. The man, you know, the member of the Dark Order that wears the mask. Yeah. The kid is, is fantastic. I, I think about- John Silver and Ten. I was just about to say, it's a shame that um, uh, Stu Grayson didn't work out with Eva Uno. You know what I mean? Because they were a great tag team in Canada. Oh, the Super Smash Bros. Yeah, <laughs> Super Smash Bros. Yes. I mean, listen, the, the, what's so great about the Grayson and, and Uno is they can be great as a tag team, but they can also be great individually. Because when the Super Smash Brothers broke up in Canada and Stu Grayson went off on his own as player dose, and, you know, Uno was still player. Uno before becoming evil Uno. Um, they, they, they operated very well as single stars. And I like, listen, I wish Brody Lee was still with us. I do. Yeah, that's, that was a terrible loss. Like... But I think Uno being the mouthpiece of the Dark Order. Is, is going to be so great, it's so great for Uno, and it's something that he can do very well. Uh, again, I wish Brody was still there. I wish Brody was, you know, taking this to another level with the Dark Order, uh, you know. But I think Uno really kind of cementing, I don't want to say the leadership role, but kind of that, like, savvy veteran kind of mouthpiece role for the Dark Order would be something that's really, really good. And you build around guys like John Silver and... Um, and Alex Reynolds and 10, and I think you have an Anna J, and I think you have a really good faction there. Really good group because you have 
guys like Silver and Reynolds who can be a great tag team together, and Silver could be a great singles guy as well. Uh, and Preston Vance, I think, is the bona fide single star of the Dark Order, and he just, just does not get enough talk in, in AEW. Man. It's like, it's like, it's these days with the indies, I mean, you always say this, right? Kate? Like, we wish that we had half these indie stars and half these awesome promotions like you guys and like NYWC and BPW when we were kids. Because as growing up in Long Island, like I did, and Geek grew up on Long Island. The only thing exposure for wrestling I had as a kid, as a young little Panther as I was, to go to shows, I had to go to the garden or go to NASA Coliseum. There was no, it was indie shows, but right, there was no internet to go. Hmm, there's a show on yeah. Saturday night. Mom, can we go to the show? Or there was no I- IWTV. There was no uh, title, ma- like no title match. Nothing. Car- big neon colored signs that were stapled to a pole as you're driving by, going, "What's that?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the only you know, one, and, and that's and that's what's great. Like, people don't realize how great we have it now. Like, you have indie promotions everywhere. And don't get me wrong, you had some great indie promotions in in the early days. You had, you know, LIWF, the Doghouse, Long Island Wrestling Federation. NYWC has been along for a long time, obviously under different names and other different organizations uh, that were there at the time. Um, You had um, for a long time, the ECW footprint in the New York market on the independents you had. And then in Jersey, I mean, you, you can't talk about independent wrestling in the Northeast without talking about the legendary Jersey, all pro wrestling. Yes. You know, when you talk about JAPW, when you talk about the names and the stars that came through Jersey All Pro, okay? When you talk about the names and the stars that came through the Doghouse and the LIWF, right? It, it's just, it what the indie scene wasn't then what it is now. But many will tell you it was almost better. I mean, you know, imagine going to the Rawway Rec Center for a JAPW show and seeing Kenny Omega before he becomes the man, the megastar Kenny Omega. To see the wars that Jay Lethal and Azriel had. To see Homicide. To see Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. People like Eddie Guerrero come Definitely. through. Yep. You know, like Jersey All Pro, like, you could you want to do a dark side of the ring? Talk about Jersey All Pro Wrestling, bro. Mm. You want to do a documentary on some great wrestling companies? Somebody do a documentary on the Doghouse. Somebody do a documentary on the Urban Wrestling Federation. Someone do a documentary on Jersey All Pro. Like this is where it is, man. This is where where do you think a lot of the original Ring of Honor stars were getting their were getting their starts at? Jersey All Pro, the Doghouse, you know, all these different places. And when, when you look at the stars that came out of Jersey All Pro or worked through Jersey All Pro, the Doghouse, and are just now getting their due, and some of them who have not gotten their due outside of independent wrestling, the Greek God Papa Don. Definitely. How about him? 
the notorious 187 homicide. Yep. Homicide. The world warrior low key. Yep. Dan Moff and Monster Mac, the yep. hit squad. Yep. Yep. Okay. When you talk about the dirty, rotten scoundrels, DRS, you know, you know, EC Negro and KC Blade. Talk about Azriel. Azriel. Azriel, yes. Who is one of the most underrated and underheralded wrestlers out of the Jersey area. When you talk about guys like the colossal Mike Law, when you talk about guys like the five-star stud, Joey Ace, you know, when you talk about guys like Low Life Louie, all right? Like, and, and, and the list goes on and on of people that I'm missing. You know, Ghost Shadow, Julius Smokes. Julius Smokes, like, yep. The, the, the amount... First Nana. Nana, Red. You, <laughs> you could literally sit for two hours. SATs. Yo, don't get me started on the, <laughs> at the fathers of today's style. You've like, been on the again, we, we could sit here and name for hours and hours the Rolodex of incredible talent that was cultivated by the yep. doghouse, by Jersey All-Pro, that were given the opportunities to do that, um, and, and by the early indie companies of the New York-New Jersey corridor and the way that they killed it. But let's also talk about the way that some, a lot of those wrestlers did not get the due that they should have gotten. The SAT should have been on everybody's TV for 10 Definitely. plus years. Definitely. Yep. Homicide in red. Yeah, they got their, their, their shine in, 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 in TNA and lethal in Ring of Honor and all of them in Ring of Honor. But imagine just for a moment, the type of international renown that the Amazing Red would have gotten being on WWE television. Definitely. Yep. Homicide, Eddie Kingston. The fact that Dan Moff and Monster Mac as the hit squad, one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant tag team force in independent wrestling mm-hmm. for two decades. There are, there are tag teams today that you say the hit squad and two things happen. One, they shake in their boots and two, they're like, yo, can I work them? Can we wrestle them? There are wrestlers nowadays that if you ask them what their dream matches are, are going rest- to mention the hit squad, DRS, the SAT, Red, Homicide, Kingston, I'm going to sign low-key were crazy as a tag team. Yo, like, when you think about, again... You're forgetting, talent, you're forgetting two. You're forgetting the Rottweilers. Oh, again. I mean, I'm not, I'm not forgetting the Rottweilers, but again, we can sit here with a Rolodex of just like... You'd be here until 2 in the morning. <laughs> right, you know. And, and they built... What we're what we what we what we stand on now. Yeah. If it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for Fat Frank, if it wasn't for LIWF and the Doghouse, if it wasn't for Jersey All Pro, if it wasn't for the early days of CZW, okay, and what they did, 
for independent wrestling. If it wasn't for Ring of Honor giving an outlet and an opportunity for independent wrestlers to be on a television product, to be more world worldly known. If it wasn't for the ECWs and the ICWs, not the ICW no holds barred, but the original ICW run by Jack Sabbath, run out of the original Elks Lodge in Queens, okay, where ECW used to run their show. If it wasn't for people like that and companies like that, the independent scene that we have in Long Island and New York and New Jersey does not exist. It does not exist. And those are the shoulders that I am blessed and honored to stand on. That is the reputation that I have to live up to. That in in my world, that the way that I think. When I think about We Are Wrestling, I think about if Homicide walked into my show right now, would he look at my show and he say, that was a good show. Yo, man, that was good. That match was good. This guy's good. That girl's good. If Jack Sabbath ran into one of my shows, would he say, this is good. I like this. This is carrying on that legacy. And you got companies that are doing that. Companies like Creative Pro, NYWC, ETU, Expect the Unexpected being run by the struggles, you know, um, and, and so many more pro wrestling magic, you know, battle club pro who, who stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. Victory pro is another one. Yeah. Victory pro out in Jersey. I mean, sorry, Long Island. Island. Island, Yeah. Yeah. Can we live up to the reputation of the forefathers before us? And can we make them proud? Can we make the legacy of what they left us? proud because you know the same way i wax poetic about jersey all pro is the same way that all of us want somebody to wax poetic about us one day and 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 to do that we have we have a legacy to live up to yeah yeah you know and i and before i forget let me not forget to mention ISPW, International Superstars of Professional Wrestling. I know about ISPW. Yeah. I went to their, their show. Um, well, how long was that geek? Was it like two weeks ago? A month ago? What's a month ago? A month ago, yeah. The I 80s got... Wrestling Con show? Yeah. No the, mo- no, the week before. No, you went to the week before. The one on the 30th. It was oh, the... okay. Okay. Yeah. It was in uh, the Jersey. It was in the Jersey Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. And you, I you, wish you, know... you guys can come to the Jersey Fairgrounds and do a show. I will, I'll definitely tell my dad and I'll buy a ticket if you guys can come to Jersey. Oh, listen, I, I mean, I'm, op- I'm open to anything as long as it makes uh, financial sense and it, it, we can do it. I, I, I'm definitely open to, to all of those ideas. And, but, you know, but you look at you look at what Tommy Fierro is doing with ISPW. And to think that ISPW took a hiatus for a number of years. Yeah. Right? People don't realize how long Tommy Fierro has been doing this. Like, Tommy's not just some guy who came along and started ISPW and it's just, you know, no. Tommy's been in this game for a very long time, you know, and, and it's guys like Tommy, you know, who, again, is another one. Mike Morgan, you know, with, with Ace up here in Jersey. Like, again, like, the, these are the shoulders that we stand on and these are the shoulders that are still there. Mike Morgan's still there running Ace. Tommy Fierro still there running ISPW. You got Kev Matthews and Pat Buck running Creative Pro and Wrestle Pro. Like it's so I don't look at it as competition. I look at it as man. 
I want to be as great as them one day. How do I get? I I I would do anything to sit under the learning tree of Mike Morgan, Tommy Fierro, you know, guys like a Danny DeMonto, guys like a Jack Sabbath, a Pat Buck, you know, and and the list goes on and on and on, like of people that I would just sit there and listen to, and be like, how do you how do you do this? How do you grow? Because just because I run a professional wrestling company, I do not know it all. I do not know everything. I make more mistakes than I do, you know, successes, but I just make more my, make sure my successes look good and look better than my mistakes. Um, but it, it's, it's a constant learning experience and it's, I never stop learning. I never stop taking feedback. I've asked wrestlers before to, Hey, I've asked monster Mac. If you have time, if you're not busy on the day that I have a show, can you come by? Can you just sit sit back and watch and give me criticism, give me critique, you know? Um, and, and, you know, there have been some wrestlers who have been able to do that. And right after my show was over, I sit down and I just listen to what they have to say. And I take it in and I learn from it and I listen to it and I, and I build and I grow. That's what you got to do. It's, it's, I'm not really good at taking criticisms, but like, oh, here you go. There you go. We got a comment right there. Yo, dude, this guy's awesome. He gets it. Makes me want to take a trip out east. Thank you. That, Thank definitely. You so He's a great guy. Sure, Those are great sure guys. Uh, Matt Jones and uh, Kate Jones, they're really good people. They were on the podcast last night. They're really good people, and they they do their own thing. And the like, YouTube show. Jens are super sweet, and like, they write their own stuff. They do their own things and stuff like that. They have a YouTube channel, and they do their wrestling there and like they both Matt and Kate both really good wrestlers super good wrestlers yeah yeah and you, uh, you know be- it's so it's so funny man you know the, the hardest thing to do about running a pro wrestling company the hardest thing to do is find is that delicate balance between i want everyone that's awesome and that i love and that i love working with on my shows versus can't have a 17 hour show yeah (laughs) so it's like that really delicate balance and it's that's to me that's the hardest thing that is the hardest thing about wrestling is like looking at somebody that i love and that i respect and that i love working with and saying don't got a spot on this one Mm. maybe the next one you know and and trying to figure out a way to get people in and and, you know it's just so rough Cause and it's also I just don't I don't I just don't want to devalue or disrespect anyone by just like putting them in a match with somebody and it's just like, hey, I paid you just to be here and have a match. It's like, I want you to have a banger, bro. Like, that is my goal. Like, unintentionally, I don't know how I started doing this, but just like, we've had these like banger shows from beginning to end, like first match to last match. It's banger, 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 banger. Main events, a super banger. You know, we end up having like three, four, five, six main event level matches on a show. And it's just like, what in the world? Like, we are literally Oreo mega stuff cookies. All stuff, no filler. <laughs> Great. Yeah. We, we have like a good luck about us, me and Joe, for example. Like, when someone comes on, usually comes on our podcast, good news happens to them. Hey, listen. I hope that <laughs> continues. I'd be, I'd be more than happy. Because, like, news. usually, usually, like, they win a title, somebody gets signed. That's, and I'm like, I just, we just hope everything goes well. Because, like, like, 
we just want everybody to have their own flourish way of getting themselves out there. And this is my fun. This is our way of giving back to the indie promotions by having you on here. Yeah. So people that we are fans of us in like the UK and Germany and India, they see this and they'll go online. They'll go. Yeah. Do you we are like, like subscribe oh, to their page and stuff? We'll like get we, our fan will come to you and watch and start watching your shows on YouTube or wherever you could on uh on the on currently the- right now uh, our last show like I said our last show we went live uh, we were live on Title Match Wrestling Network um, and the first two shows that we did were uh, pre recorded and, and pre taped uh, and then with the live crowd obviously and then. Uh, we're uploaded about a, a week later. Um, we're hoping to continue going live um, if that's a possibility. But again, you know, to watch any of our shows, we are de- we, we we have a YouTube channel. Uh, I don't want to say look at We Are Wrestling on YouTube because there's a couple of YouTube channels called We Are Wrestling that isn't us. Uh, we're still in the process of building our YouTube channel and making sure that we get uh, everything up, and we're going to start to upload some matches from our previous shows, but um, like right now, if you go to titlematchnetwork.com, you can catch all of our shows. If you sign up for a membership, you know, a lot like IWTV, $9.99 for a monthly subscription. But if you do the yearly subscription, $99.99, a hundred bucks, you get two months free. Uh, and you get all access to the Title Match Network and all of their shows, which include uh, We Are Wrestling, Battle Club Pro, um, Ladies Night Out, um, CCW in Delaware, who's been doing an incredible job at, at promoting incredible women's wrestling, uh, and, and a, a plethora of other shows. Mission Pro Wrestling is on there, Loco Wrestling. Uh, you can catch all the WrestleCade shows as well, as well as so many other shows that are there, but you can catch any of our shows. Actually, if you go to titlematchnetwork.com and you go on the first page, the opening page, uh, one step closer, our last show, right there on the new live streams and replays tab, you go all the way down to intergender. You'll see the first show there is actually uh, our first show, our debut show, Wanna Be Starting Something. And again, if you just search up We Are Wrestling, you will find all three of our shows. Want to be starting something? It was all a dream, and one step closer on the title match uh, network. It's titlematchnetwork.com. And again, we're working on our YouTube channel, getting content out on our Instagram, um, and doing all that great stuff. You know, trying to trying to just build that following and get people get people invested in what we're doing. Because whether you're watching online, live whether you're watching after the show or whether you're able to come to New Jersey and, and, and see a show live in the building, you know, we, we just want you to see what we're putting out there and, you know, and let us know whether you like it, don't like it, what you like, what you don't like and who you'd like to see us try to bring to we are wrestling and, and make a, a, a debut or bring back to we are wrestling. I don't know if you have, have had, um, this is my last, my last, my last question. Uh, have you ever brought in, um, oh God, Vicky, uh, Vicky, was it, was it Vicky Dreamboat Geek? Uh, Vicky Dreamboat. From, Vicky Dreamboat, was... um, from Florida. She's from Florida. Um, 
Also, Vicky, you're looking, you're thinking of Vicious Vicky, aren't you? Vicious Vicky, yeah, Vicious, Vicious Vicky, and Vicky. I have not had the pleasure. I've had the pleasure of working with Vicious Vicky. I've had the pleasure of calling some of her matches on commentary. Um, I have not yet. Vicious Vicky is not yet, and I say that like that. Not yet made her We Are Wrestling debut just yet. Um, I did want to actually. There was a plan that I had to try and get her on this past show that we just had uh, one step closer, but she was, uh, I, I thought she was still injured. She, I don't think she had been cleared from her injury yet. I think she had just gotten cleared, but the entire show had already kind of been set up. And I think for our second show, it was all a dream back in December. Um, I think that's right when she got injured. So I, I do, I have a great relationship with vicious Vicky. Uh, which is not easy to say because she doesn't like many people. Um, but um, I am definitely working on trying to see if I can get uh, Vicious Vicky into We Are Wrestling, uh, as well as a bunch of other talent that we've had our eye on and, and trying and to get in. Storm, don't forget JC. Oh, I love JC Storm, the new pro wrestling magic women's champion, JC Storm. Would love to get JC Storm She's awesome. uh, in, into We Are Wrestling as well. She's awesome. Yeah, but, but this is what I mean, that delicate balance of like, oh, I want this person, but like, oh, wait, where do I put it? Yeah, I, I get it because you can't fit everyone into like one show because it's like, all right, is the show going to be Ooh, like two, two days? too. See, Joe. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. I've only seen Adina Steele live once. Uh, I will be seeing her live for the second time ever. Uh, on July 9th, when I'm on commentary for the Stan Styles Intergender Bonanza 13, uh, she will be facing Stan Styles on that show. So it'll be a, it'll be a great opportunity to scout um, some talent. Karen Bam Bam. You're like, <laughs> love Karen. Love Karen. I want everyone to check out Black Girl Magic, which will be happening Juneteenth weekend. Okay, I believe it's going to be taking place on Friday, June 17th. Karen Bam Bam versus Trish Adora. Oh, wow. Breaking news again, Geek. Another broken news. Okay. The main event, Friday, August, uh, Friday, August 19th. Sorry, it's Friday, August 9th, August 19th. Sorry, not July, not Juneteenth weekend. Sorry, won't be Juneteenth weekend. I thought it was Juneteenth weekend. Friday, August the 19th, I apologize, in Brooklyn, New York, Karen Bam Bam versus Trisha Dora. Um, and, And listen, for those people who did not see the Black Girl Magic debut show, which was an incredible show, which had uh, Brooke Valentine, and Willow Nightingale, a.k.a. Tick awesome. and Juicy 2.0. For those that um, don't, Willow, she's awesome, by the way. Uh, Thick and Juicy 2.0 in the main event against Trisha Dora and the absolute legend Jazz wow. in a great tag team match. Um, you want to go to IWTV, catch that show. Bonesaw Brooks on that show. Uh, Jocelyn Navarro, Karen Bam Bam, Indigo, uh, an incredible show, Black Girl Magic number one. Uh, I'm going to just be very open. There were not enough people at that show live, and you missed a great show. 
uh, if you were not there. So definitely be there in Brooklyn, New York, Friday, August 19th for Black Girl Magic 2. Already announced the main event, Karen Bam Bam versus Trisha Dora. Geek, it's a yeah. sign you need to come to New Jersey and come I to a show. I definitely do. <laughs> I went to ISPW and I was like, Geek, you should come out. I guess, I don't know if my dad's going to come with me. And he's like, no, 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 no. So anyway, um, four people from Long Island. I mean, there's Eric James. You know Eric James? or uh... I knew him as EJ Risk. Yeah. I love Eric James. Uh, I, I hearken, and this ages me a bit. Uh, but I hearken back to the days of one of my favorite tag teams, my absolute favorite tag teams. VSK. VSK is awesome. EJ and and EJ Risk, the tag team known as Adrenaline Express. Those two those two men as a tag team were incredible. As singles guys, they are even more incredible. But what I would give for a tag team reunion of VSK and EJ Risk as Adrenaline Express. If they're listening, if anybody's listening and wants to get it back to VSK, wants to get, get it back to Mr. Eric James, We Are Wrestling will host the tag team one night only if they want to do it for one night only. The return of Adrenaline Express, I would absolutely Love it. Clip, Guy. Make that a clip. It's going to be a clip, and we're going to have to tag them both in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead. Listen, I one of my first shows, again, 10 years ago in professional wrestling was an FWE show in Brooklyn, New York. It was an eight-man tag team ladder match for the FWE Tag Team Championships. The Young Bucks... Versus SCU, Kazarian and Daniels. Versus Jigsaw and Tony Nice, Versus Adrenaline Express. Wow. And on that night, I saw EJ Risk get super kicked through what was four or five tables stacked at ringside. Super kicked off a table. Suspended on a ladder. Super kicked off the table outside the ring through four or five tables at ringside. Amazing. Um, those two men, EJ Risk and VSK, um, absolutely love them as a tag team. I love what they've been doing at Creative Pro and, and, and Eric also at VPW um, as singles competitors. But man, I don't know, just a little bit of that nostalgia in me. I would love those two to come back together. And again, I would love to host it at We Are Wrestling, uh, a one-night reunion of, of Adrenaline Express. That would be so much freaking fun. Yep. Yeah, that that and two more names. I'm just going to – and I'm going to end it right now. Jaden Vallow and Aaron Rourke. So I haven't seen too much of Aaron. I think I've seen him once Aaron's awesome. at WrestlePro. Aaron. Aaron's awesome. Um, now, Jaden Vallow, I've seen, and I know he's awesome, and I didn't need to see him to know he's awesome. You know why I know he's awesome? Why? Because can we curse on this? Yes, oh, yeah. you can say whatever you want. You could have yeah, cursed okay. the whole time. I'm just saying, because he was trained by the motherfucking SAT. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> there are boys. That's how you say that. Okay. <laughs> trained by the motherfucking SAT. Um. That's immediately how I knew Jaden Vallow was, was going to be great. Um, 
And, and, you know, I, I would love to find a spot for him. Um, there's guys like Leo Sparrow and He's the, Phoenix awesome. G, uh, the Phoenix GKM. I watched them I win the tag team titles at the show I went to, but then they lost the next show, but they won them back. Yes. <laughs> I got the first interview with the, with, with the Phoenix and um, Leo and Sparrow, Leo Sparrow. And Wait, the children of the sun. Yes. Their tag team name? yes. Yes. It's full funny. Our buddy, uh, <laughs> uh, Bob culture is like, I got the first interview on my podcast and geek went. Yeah, yeah. I love Bob. I love Bob. Bob's Bob's awesome. Awesome. I'm so listen. I am so happy for Bob with the traction that he's so been good. getting, especially with that interview with Johnny Gargano. Yeah, definitely. Oh, he uh, killed it. He killed it. That. Like absolutely great. Uh, and and Bob has had me on his podcast twice to promote uh, our first show and our second show. We weren't able to make it. The dates line up for the third one, but uh, I love Bob. Uh, and I finally, for the uh, first time, got to call a wrestling show uh, with Bob when we called um, Takeover versus STP, presented by Invictus Pro Wrestling. Uh, and it's always great working with Bob. Bob is going to be, listen, I'm an old man. And uh, one day, one day when I when I hobble away from that wrestling booth, um, you know, Bob, Rob Williams is going to keep going. Um, you know, and it's it's just so great to be able to finally work with him. I wish I worked with him at some more places. Uh, so anybody who's looking for a commentator, hey, me, uh, I, I'd love to work with Rob Williams anywhere. I'd love to work with Alphonse Stevens anywhere. Uh, I'd love to work with Sam Laterna anywhere. Um, you know, just three off the top of my head. Cheyenne Ortiz, absolutely anywhere as well. You can commentary, um, me and Geek. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, listen. Us, let us know. Commentary commentary is a fun job. Fun job. Hard. You know. Got to be able to hold your pee for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing this, <laughs> you know, commentary, got to hold your pee for you three hours. You have to talk jabber so. for three hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but you got to be able to, you got to be able to go out there and turn it on. And because this, this isn't my commentary voice, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. If I'm on commentary, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dudes at Ringside podcast. I am the one and only, the voice of a generation, the voice of We Are Wrestling, of Invictus Pro Wrestling, Pete Rosado alongside Metal Geek and Joe Panther Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you right now how great Dudes at Ringside podcast is. They're listening to my commentary voice, but they could be doing just about anything else. But we're talking about We Are Wrestling, some great independent wrestling, and my journey through 10 years in this incredible business. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned to the Dudes at Ringside podcast for all the great content that they have. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on YouTube. Follow them on all their social media sites. And get ready because the Dudes at Ringside podcast, the internationally known Dudes at Ringside podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ain't listening, you're missing out. Oh, God. That's that a, clip. a clip. That's again. a clip. That's another <laughs> clip right there. <laughs> yeah, and that, and, but again, it's like, and then I just go and, and I do this. And, uh, you know, it. It's something we'll tag you on you TikTok when we make that clip. Oh god, that'd be my first tag ever on TikTok. <laughs> like it's hard to learn TikTok. Somebody's gonna teach me the talk tick. I have trouble with too. I look at it going, did I do something wrong? What happened? I broke the computer. <laughs> like, Listen, on TikTok, if I'm not mistaken, when you're doing something wrong, that's when you get a million views. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just happy for where where, where we are and what we're doing. And I'm so happy you we had you on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, very me excited. and Joe, we and Joe are actually yeah, so happy whether we have one person in the chat, five people in the chat, 
we no, enjoyed I'm just happy doing that we, we finally doing got you to like come on this we had you on the screen and we're we hope you guys flourish and we want you to like keep sending us your posters keep sending us your clips for your matches we will post them as much as we can to so, till our our fans eyes are bleeding we want to <laughs> show everybody what you guys could do and please tell your whole roster about us men women yeah. Announcers, anybody, we'll we'll have them on the podcast. Yeah. We want to help you guys anyway. I I would love it, and definitely I'll, I'll let anybody on our roster know who has any availability. I know for many of them, it's a little tough finding some time, um, and definitely any of our, our commentary team or anybody else, um, get out there and share their stories. And obviously, we we greatly appreciate uh, everything that y'all have done uh, to help push us and to help uh, put us out there in front of some more eyes. And just in case. <laughs> People are not yet following us on social media. Ladies and gentlemen, how could you not? You can follow We Are Wrestling at We Are Wrestling 1 on Instagram, wrestling underscore we on Twitter. And if you want to follow me in my boring life, you can find me at PDRosado4087 on Instagram as well. Most of my stuff is going to be the stuff you see on the We Are Wrestling page anyway, but... If you want two follows, you'll get two follows out of us. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, comment on our stuff, push it, put it out there, put it in your story, have fun with it, react to it. And again, never forget to tell us what you like, what you didn't like, who you want to see, who you want to see back. Because trust me, I'm on the lookout for everybody everywhere. Uh, and, and we're, we're going to be like Carmen San Diego because you don't know who's coming and where they're coming from. At we are wrestling, but I can guarantee you this: if you didn't know him when you came in, you're gonna know him when you're leaving. Because we are wrestling is out here to put everybody's name on the map. It's not about us; it's about the talent in that ring. Definitely. And if we can make you fans of them, that's all I care about. Definitely sounds so, great. I want to thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Pete. You've been awesome, by the way. You've thank been so, you so awesome, awesome with the stories stuff. and everything. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Hold on, me to end it, Geekins? Yeah, go ahead and end it. I'm Joe Panther the Third. I'm the Metal Geek. I am the voice of a generation, the owner of We Are Wrestling, and your favorite wrestler's favorite commentator, Pete Rosado. And we will catch you in the next one.